Chapter 18, Part 2 of The Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alexandro Manzoni chapter eighteen part two the journey was performed without accident they passed part of the night in an inn on the roadside as usual and setting off on their way before sunrise arrived early in the morning at pescaranico agnes alighted on the little square before the convent dismissed her conductor with many thanks and since she was at the place determined before going home to see her benefactor the worthy friar she rang the bell the person who came to open the door was fra galdino the nut-seeker oh my good woman what wind has brought you here i want to see father cristoforo father cristoforo he's not here oh will he be long before he comes back long said the friar shrugging his shoulders so as almost to bury his shorn head in his hood where has he gone to remini to to remini where is that <laughs> replied the friar vertically waving his extended hand in the air to signify a great distance alas me but why has he gone away so suddenly because the father provincial ordered it and why have they sent him away at all when he was doing so much good here ah poor me if superiors were obliged to render a reason for all the orders they give where would be our obedience my good woman yes but this is my ruin this is the way it will be they will have wanted a good preacher at remini there are some everywhere to be sure but sometimes they want a particular man on purpose the father provincial there will have written to the father provincial here to know if he had such and such a person and the father provincial will have said father cristoforo is the man for him as in fact you see it is oh poor us when did he go the day before yesterday see now if i had only done as i first wished and come a few days sooner and don't you know when he may return can't you guess at all eh my good woman nobody knows except the father provincial if even he does when once one of our preaching friars has taken the wing one can never foresee on what branch he will finally alight they are sought after here and there and everywhere and we have convents in all the four quarters of the globe rest assured father cristoforo will make a great noise with his course of lent sermons at remini for he doesn't always preach extempore as he did here that the poor people might understand him for the city pulpits he has his beautiful written sermons and his best robes the fame of this great preacher will spread and they may ask for him at i don't know where besides we ought to give him up for we live on the charity of the whole world and it is but just that we should serve the whole world oh dear dear again cried agnes almost weeping 
what can i do without him he was like a father to us it is the undoing of us listen my good woman father cristoforo was certainly an admirable man but we have others you know full of charity and ability and who know how to deal with either rich or poor will you have father antanasio or father girolamo or father zachariah father zachariah you know is a man of great worth and don't you wonder as some ignorant people do that he is so thin and has such a weak voice and such a miserable beard i don't say that he is a good preacher because everybody has his particular gifts but he is just the man to give advice you know oh holy patience exclaimed agnes with that mixture of gratitude and impatience that one feels at an offer in which there is more good-nature than suitableness what does it matter to me what a man is or is not when that good man who is no longer here was he who knew all our affairs and had made preparations to help us then you must be patient i know that replied agnes forgive me for troubling you oh don't say a word my good woman i am very sorry for you and if you determine upon consulting any of the fathers the convent is here and won't go away i shall see you soon when i collect the oil good-bye said agnes and she turned towards her little village forlorn perplexed and disconcerted like a blind man who has lost his staff rather better informed than fra galdino we will now relate how things had really happened immediately on attilio's arrival at milan he went as he had promised don rodrigo to pay a visit to their common uncle of the privy council this was a committee composed at that time of thirteen persons of rank with whom the governor usually consulted and who when he either died or resigned his office temporarily assumed the command their uncle the count a robed member and one of the oldest of the council enjoyed there a certain authority but in displaying this authority and making it felt by those around him there was not his equal ambiguous language significant silence abrupt pauses in speaking a wink of the eye that seemed to say i may not speak flattery without promises and formal threatenings all were directed to this end and all more or less produced the desired effect so that even the positive declaration i can do nothing in this business pronounced sometimes in absolute truth but pronounced so that it was not believed only served to increase the idea and therefore the reality of his power like the japan boxes which may still be occasionally seen in the apothecary's shop with sundry arabic characters stamped upon them actually containing nothing yet serving to keep up the credit of the shop that of the count which had been for a long time increasing by very gradual steps had at last made a giant stride as the saying is on an extraordinary occasion namely a journey to madrid on an embassy to the court where the reception that he met with should be related by himself to mention nothing else the count duke had treated him with particular condescension 
and admitted him into his confidence so far as to have asked him in the presence he might say of half the court how he liked madrid and to have told him another time when standing in the recess of the window that the cathedral of milan was the largest christian temple in the king's dominions after paying all due ceremony to his uncle and delivering his cousin's compliments Attilio addressed him with a look of seriousness such as he knew how and when to assume i think i am only doing my duty without betraying rodrigo's confidence when i acquaint my uncle with an affair which unless you interfere may become serious and produce consequences one of his usual scrapes i suppose i can assure you that the fault is not on rodrigo's side but his spirit is roused and as i said no one but you can well let us hear let us hear there is a capuchin frere in that neighborhood who bears a grudge against my cousin and things have gone to such a pitch that how often have i told you both to let the monks fry their own fish it is quite sufficient for those to have to do with them who are obliged whose business it is and here he sighed but you can avoid them senor uncle i am bound to tell you that rodrigo would have left them alone had it been possible it is that friar who is determined to quarrel with him and has tried in every way to provoke him what the has the friar to do with my nephew first of all he is well known as a restless spirit who prides himself upon quarrelling with gentlemen this fellow too has taken under his protection and direction and i don't know what besides a country girl of the village whom he regards with an affection an affection i don't say of what kind but a very jealous suspicious and sullen affection i understand said the count and a ray of cunning intelligence shot across the depths of dullness nature had stamped upon his countenance now however partially veiled under the mask of a politician now for some time continued Attilio, this frere has taken a fancy that rodrigo has i don't know what designs upon this taken a fancy eh taken a fancy i know the senor don rodrigo too well and it needs another advocate besides your lordship to justify him in these matters that rodrigo senor uncle may have had some idle jesting with this girl when he met her on the road i can easily believe he is young and besides not a capuchin but these are mere nonsenses not worth mentioning to my noble uncle the serious part of the business is that the friar has begun to talk of rodrigo as he would of a common fellow and has tried to instigate all the country against him and the other friars they don't meddle with it because they know him to be a hot-headed fool and bear a great respect to rodrigo but on the other side this monk has great reputation among the villagers as a saint and i fancy he doesn't know that rodrigo is my nephew doesn't he though it is just this that urges him onward how how because and he scruples not to publish it he takes greater delight in vexing rodrigo 
exactly because he has a natural protector of such authority as your lordship he laughs at great people and politicians and says that the court of st francis binds even swords and the rash villain what is his name fra cristoforo of said atelio and his uncle taking a tablet from his desk and considerably incensed inscribed within it the unfortunate name in the meanwhile atelio continued this fellow has always had such a disposition his former life is well known he was a plebeian who possessed a little money and would therefore compete with the noblemen of his country and out of rage at not being able to make all yield to him he killed one and then turned friar to escape the gallows bravo capital we will see we will see exclaimed the count panting and puffing with an important air lately continued atelio he is more enraged than ever because he has failed in a design which he was very eager about and from this my noble uncle will understand what sort of man he is this fellow wanted to marry his protege whether to remove her from the perils of the world you understand or whatever it might be at any rate he was determined to marry her and he had found the the man another of his protégés a person whose name my honoured uncle may not improbably have heard for i dare say the privy council have had some transactions with this worthy subject who is he a silk weaver lorenzo tramaglino he who lorenzo tramaglino exclaimed his uncle well done my brave friar certainly indeed he has a letter for a a crime that but it matters not very well and why did don rodrigo tell me nothing of all this but let things go so far without applying to one who is both able and willing to direct and help him i will be candid with you on the one hand knowing how many intrigues and affairs you had in your head here his uncle drew a long breath and put his hand to his forehead as if to intimate the fatigue he underwent in the settlement of so many intricate undertakings he felt in a manner bound continued atelio not to give you any additional trouble and besides i will tell you the whole from what i can gather he is so vexed so angry so annoyed at the insults offered him by this friar that he is more desirous of getting justice for himself by some summary means than of obtaining it in a regular way of prudence by the assistance of your lordship i have tried to extinguish the flame but seeing things taking a wrong course i thought it my duty to inform your lordship of everything who after all is the head and chief prop of the house you would have done better to have spoken a little sooner true but i continued to hope that the thing would die off of itself or that the friar would at last come to his senses or would perhaps leave the convent as is often the case among the monks who are one day here and another there and then all would have been quietly ended but now it is my business to settle it so i have thought i said to myself 
the seigneur my uncle with his discretion and authority will know well enough how to prevent a quarrel and at the same time secure rodrigo's honour which is almost as it were his own this friar thought i is always boasting of the girdle of st francis but to employ this girdle seasonably it is not necessary to have it always buckled around one's waist my noble uncle has many means that i know not of i only know that the father provincial has as is but right a great respect for him and if my honoured uncle thought that the best course in this instance would be to give the friar a change of air two words your lordship will be pleased to leave the arrangement to the person it belongs to said his uncle rather abruptly oh certainly exclaimed attilio with a toss of his head and a disguised smile of disdainful compassion i am not intending to give advice to your lordship but the regard i have for the reputation of the family made me speak and i am afraid i have been guilty of another error added he with a thoughtful air i fear i have wronged rodrigo in your lordship's opinion i should have no peace if i were the cause of making you think that rodrigo had not all the confidence in you and all the submission to your will that he ought to have believe me senor uncle that in this instance it is merely come come you two won't wrong each other if you can help it you will always be friends till one of you becomes prudent ever getting into some scrape or another and expecting me to settle it for you will force me to say so you give me more to think about you two than here he heaved a profound sigh all these blessed affairs of state attilio made a few more excuses promises and compliments and then took his leave accompanied by be prudent the count's usual form of dismissal to his nephews end of chapter eighteen part two